Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Wickworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is a funny thing because we all want to be forgiven, but we don't always want to forgive. I'm reminded of a story that happened with our grandson, Jonah. Jonah ran into the kitchen exclaiming that he needed help. Apparently, he was outside riding his bike with Papa Dean when his Band-Aid fell off. Jonah said that his owie hurt too much to look at. All of a sudden, I remembered being 12 and attempting to figure out how to ride my new bicycle, a shiny blue 10-speed. As I headed down the hill outside our home, I tried to brake to turn that corner and skidded on stones, losing control, and I was thrown right onto the road. My knee was scraped up badly. I quickly taped it up with a Band-Aid and headed back out to try again. But two days later, when that Band-Aid fell off, I thought the same thing Jonah did. It hurt too much to look at. Sometimes life is like this, isn't it? We've been hurt badly only to tape up that pain, covering it up, and trying to forget about it. Until that bandage comes off and we see the jagged edges of a bad scrape. It just hurts too much to look at. But when we don't look at that hurtful situation, when we don't understand where it's coming from and we don't get every aspect of how to forgive and recover, the wound remains something that hurts too much to look at. If you're like me, you've had some cuts and scrapes in life. People have said unkind words, betrayed you, been jealous of you, tried to control you, or maybe they've just ousted you out of their lives. It's human nature. We hurt people, we get hurt. Forgiveness is the first step in the healing process. Forgiveness is the ointment that goes on the sore. God's grace is the bandage that covers it up. And God's perfect will and timing comes in to remove the bandage at just the right time. Well, this evening, we want to welcome my daughter, Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand, to the show. Hi, Chandra. Hi, Mother. Chandra grew up in a home with a father who was an addict, and she had to deal with that abuse during her childhood. Well, in her early 20s, Chandra was attacked by her dad during one of his violent rages and almost didn't make it out of that situation. And today, I just want to take a little bit of time and talk with Chandra about what happened that day, a little bit about how she got past that to a place of forgiveness. So Chandra, my first question is, um, tell our listeners, how did you feel after this horrible attack? I think that how anyone feels when they go through a traumatic situation, you kind of go through this spectrum of emotions. Um, you know, and initially after it happened, you have this adrenaline rush of, I, I can't believe I just lived through something like that. And um, dealing with the emotions of that. And then you kind of shift through these um, stages or processes of grief and dealing with the trauma of, you know, being a survivor and how to deal with this new emotion now of, um, you know, being scared and how to live through that. So I think as the days came and passed after it, it was just processing through what happened and how I was going to go forward with my life because you kind of sit in this one spot and you're very fearful or scared of how to 
move forward right. or how to think through how to move forward. I know so. a, a lot of people, Chandra, have that when something really bad happens. And, and we know that, you know, this is real life and bad things happen to good people. A lot of people get stuck. And I know that you are in a place where even though mentally you might not want to, you know, get stuck, I remember you having incredible difficulty with sleep. You would have terrible dreams. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, You know, I think that it goes back to the human brain and how do you process through trauma. But I was having a lot of um, not so much nightmares dealing with the um, actual incident, um, but it was more of these um, dealing with these evil entities or these sort of um, demons, so to speak, that would come and kind of be present in my dreams, if that makes sense. And it was kind of dealing with this, um, facing this new aspect of not only um, emotional demons, but I felt like there were some evil entities that I was facing now that I had gone through this um, and faced this new door that I was, you know, this attack and facing those things, if that makes sense. So did you feel like, you know, knowing that your dad had an addiction problem, did you ever think that it would get to the point where it was going to be this severe? You know, as a child, it was definitely something that was there and, um, As I was getting older, it started to make more and more sense. Uh, I was able to piece things together towards the end. But as he was um, falling further and further down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and getting more into uh, harder sort of substances, um, I think at that point I realized that there was no turning back, which is part of the reason why the incident happened to begin with, because I had gone to go get my things and I knew at that point that things would never be the same and that it was going down a path that was quite dangerous for me and for my family. So um, I kind of wanted to sever ties at that point in time. After um, you were, you know, just going through this whole process, after you had gotten free, you broke free from, you know, what could have been very serious. I remember you saying to me that you know, even with your eyes open, you were not able to see anything. So we know that you were, you know, using, losing your ability to breathe at that point. And you broke free and you got, you know, called help and you got help. I know that you mentioned that, you know, it's a shock. Um, when when people think about having something horrible happen to them and, you know, having to go through such a deep shock, obviously, time has to go by for you to process and time has to go by for you to even think or consider that you're going to forgive somebody for what they've done. Um, what led you to the, to the place that you, you know, felt like you were going to forgive your dad? For me, it wasn't really an option as to um, forgive him or not. And that's for a couple of reasons. I think the first thing that comes to mind is just knowing that we all make mistakes, we're all sinners, and um, being taught that all sins are equal in God's eyes. So I knew that it would be wrong for me to not forgive my dad and expect God to forgive me for things that I have done. So that made it a little bit easier in my mind of, okay, I'm identifying with Christ and the fact that He calls us to forgive um, as He did for us. 
so that was one of the reasons why. And secondly, it's unhealthy for anyone to sit and harbor feelings of bitterness or the um, fault of being wrong, and you're just, you know, holding on to those faults and transgressions. It only hurts you in the end. The aggressor, the attacker, the person that did you wrong, those people continue on with their lives. They don't wake up every day and think about what they did to you. So by you holding on to that, it's only hurting you. It's not doing anything to them. So um, I knew I couldn't further myself or make anything good out of the situation by not forgiving him and being bitter and living in that place of bitterness. Well, if you're just tuning in right now, we are talking to Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand about the topic of forgiveness. Chandra, when you got to that place where you realized that you were going to be in your own personal prison if you didn't forgive, um, was it just a moment that you did it? Was it something that took time? Did you have to continue to revisit forgiveness? How did that work for you? I think a lot of times in our society and our culture, we consider forgiveness and for the act of forgiveness as a one, um, you know, flashpoint in time. Okay, I forgave you, and I'm moving on. When in actuality, forgiveness is this process that's dynamic, and it is one of those things where the thoughts will creep back. You know, for me, days and other days, I'm fine. And with those days where it creeps back in, I really have to try to work on that process and understand, okay, you know, it's coming back, it's seeping back into my mind and how to go back to the process of forgiveness and that, you know, it's not, it's only affecting me, it's only in my head. And so how do I process through that again? So there are some days where it is more difficult than others. It's not a one-time deal because traumas and and things that happen to us will continue to revisit us. And I just look at it as a test or a challenge and how am I going to process through and get back to a better place? Exactly. And I think that's really important for people to think about today as listeners. We have a process of forgiveness. And exactly what you said, Chandra, so many times we think that you will just say, okay, I forgive you, I move on, and things are okay. But when it's something so severe and serious, well, even times when it's not, we have to continue to go back to that place to say, uh-uh, it's, it's creeping in, that bitterness, that resentment, my hardened heart is coming back towards this person, and we need to go back again and say, I'm going to forgive them. And forgiveness is such an incredibly difficult thing. It's just the hardest thing ever. As I said at the beginning of the show, we all want to be forgiven, but we don't necessarily want to forgive people. So, Shani, obviously this attack was the premise of how this ministry, Best Life Ministries, was birthed. Um, Something terrible and horrific happened to you. And I remember that day being so angry after the court system said, you know, slap on the wrist. And you were really strong that day. And you and your sisters uh, said to me, Mom, this is so important that we have to move on. We have to go forward. We have to believe that God has allowed this for a reason. Did you ever think that it was going to uh, turn into what it is today, which is, you know, eight years later, a ministry? Um, yeah, addressing, you know, that day of, of my father not being brought to justice, uh, it was difficult, but 
I knew in my heart and, and what I felt like God was telling me was he will have his day in court, and it might not be an earthly court, but it will be a heavenly court, and he will be brought to justice, and that his life in itself is his own punishment. He built his own prison. He's a very lonely person, and I feel very sorry for him and have compassion for him in that aspect, but he will get what he would adjust from God when it's time, and so that part was hard, but that's how I went through it. Um, the ministry, I think, was exactly what I felt like something was going to come of it. I was being led to believe by God that something greater would happen because of it. And, um, you know, God doesn't let anything bad happen to us without some sort of plan He has in mind. Um, and bad things will be rewarded by God for those that, you know, have these transgressions. So I knew that somehow God would honor what happened and made it into something bigger. And the ministry has been a very large blessing because it helps me. It's very healing for me to see other people touched by um, what goes on at these conferences. And it allows me to continue the healing process as it's ongoing, like forgiveness is. And it just helps me remember, okay, there's a reason. And if one person is touched, which I know there's been many more than one, then it was for, you know, a good reason. Which I love because uh, one of the things that we do at, at Best Life Ministries is we take conferences to the local church, and Chandra very often will come and talk to women about abuse, and it's difficult to forgive people, and not just as I said before, people that have been you know hurt. Um, the, this past weekend, we had a conference here in Benson, Minnesota. And I know that I've had several people say this over the years. I had someone say it to me this weekend. You know, you guys have been through such an incredibly horrific episode. It's hard to understand how you could forgive, but it's also kind of intimidating because the average person doesn't have to go through things like this. But in reality, everybody goes through things like this. Everybody has problems. Everybody has opportunities each and every day where people are hurting and wounding them. And it's really up to us to be able to forgive and let people free. Because as you said, Shan, when people are hurting, um, they, you know, they have their own little prison that they're in themselves. And we don't want to be kept captive by other people's hurts and problems and things that they've you know, put upon us. So I love that you've been able to see that you're being used for a great purpose that our ministry is because we go out and encourage people, not just about abuse, but about everyday issues. So one of the things that I want to ask you about is with this process of forgiving, Chandra, um, what is one of the things that you could say, you know, just to recap for people, for people that are tuning in tonight, what is one of the most important things that you could say to them about forgiveness? Just not to get frustrated with yourself. If you're not at the point where you're ready to forgive, just know that it's a process and that, you know, you'll get there through prayer and just lean into God and know that He will help you through this. You'll get to a better point and that it will come back. I mean, these things don't just disappear. You don't say, okay, yeah, you're forgiven and move on. I mean, human nature, it's going to creep back into your mind, and you're going to have to be strong enough to dig your heels in and say, you know, I'm not going to succumb to bitterness and 
I am going to be able to um, be a forgiving and loving person. And again, by holding on to these past experiences, they're only holding you back. Um, you know, it's a famous quote by Buddha that holding on to things like that is like holding on to a hot coal. You're only burning yourself. Um, you're not actually hurting anyone else. You're only hurting yourself. So it's very important to just know that letting go of these things is very freeing and liberating and that you're able to do it. I love that. Letting go is very freeing and liberating. Well, we're going to be back with Dr. Chandra Arne Hildebrand in just a few moments. But we're, first, we're going to be listening to this amazing song by Matthew West called Forgiveness.
What great comfort we can take from those words, help me now to give what you gave to me. In other words, God, help me to forgive others like you continually forgive me. What an incredible song. That was Matthew West with Forgiveness. Well, we're going to be back now with Chandra, and she is actually a chiropractor, Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand, and she is my child. I'm very, very proud of her. And Dr. Chandra, if you just want to leave us with a really encouraging thought, I know that you have talked a little bit about how someone's hands have tried to snuff your life, but you wanted to use yours for something great as a doctor. So tell us about that. I think that turning uh, bad situations into good situations is one great way to move forward and aid in the forgiveness process. And um, as a little child, I've always wanted to be a chiropractor. It was a dream of mine, but the significance really came full circle after the attack. And knowing that being at the um, hands of someone as a victim, um, I was going to turn that around and use my hands to heal other people uh, for good and for a greater purpose. So it's all about knowing that you can come forward out of the fire and become something greater and rise above. That sounds absolutely wonderfully encouraging. And Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand, thanks so much for being with us tonight on Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Today on Your Best, we want to introduce to you one of our doctors on staff, Dr. Deb Peterson, who is a family physician from ACMC in Litchfield, Minnesota, and serves with the Best Life team. Dr. Deb is here to answer one of our listeners' questions about drinking water. Here's today's question. Is it safe for me to drink the tap water from my kitchen faucet, or should I purchase bottled water? Let's check in with Dr. Deb for her thoughts. Hi, listeners. In the United States, many of us have come to believe bottled water is healthier for us. Currently, U.S. consumers drink 7 billion gallons of bottled water per year. The bottled water craze has created many tons of garbage and also consumes large amounts of energy through the bottling process and the transportation of bottled water. Is bottled water really healthier and safer for us versus our own tap water? For most of us, the answer to that question is no. Strict regulations control the safety of tap water supplies. These regulations call for strict monitoring for harmful chemicals and bacteria. This keeps municipal water supplies safe. If you have a well, you do need to monitor your own well to assure the water is safe through annual testing for bacteria and nitrates. The use of a carbon filter on your water system can remove organic chemicals and pesticides from the water, but the filters do not remove bacteria. Filtering your water supply can improve the taste, however. There are some conditions where drinking bottled water may be safer. If you have a suppressed immune system for any reason, bottled water may be a better choice. If you are traveling in any area of the United States or another country where the water supply may not be safe, bottled water is the best choice. Perhaps the most important thing to keep in mind with water is the importance of drinking at least 64 ounces of water each day, which is eight glasses a day. Taste can be an issue with water, so find a taste you like and drink up. Yours in health and in him, this is Dr. Deb Peterson. Thanks for that great advice, Dr. Deb. And speaking of great advice, today's movie review is called The Bottom Line and brought to you by our very own movie critic, Rob Proper. Rob, tell us what you thought of Disney's movie, Cinderella. Hi, listeners. This is Rob Proper. 
I took my wife Stephanie and our two youngest girls to see the movie Cinderella. It's rated PG with a runtime of 105 minutes. The earliest recorded version of Cinderella was written in China between 850 and 860 A.D. In 1697, Charles Perrault wrote a version of the beloved tale that Walt Disney utilized as inspiration to create movie magic in bringing his version of Cinderella to the silver screen in 1950. While the Disney animated version of Cinderella is a timeless classic, the new live-action film starring Lily James as Cinderella and Richard Madden as Prince Charming is enchanting and captivating. The updated Cinderella version is similar in many ways to the animated classic, but there are still a few welcome surprise scenes and alternative interpretations of the story. The movie begins with young Ella as a little girl full of happiness, imagination, and surrounded by a loving family. Ella is a caring soul, and even with the tragedy of losing her mother, her nature is unchanged. Her mother's final request sounds an awful lot like scripture. Have courage and be kind. You have more kindness in your little finger than most people have altogether. Reminds me of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong. Be fearless. Don't be afraid and don't be scared by your enemies. Because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down. And he won't abandon you. Even years later, after her father was remarried and then tragically dies while away from home on a trip, Ella shows indomitable goodness and continues to treat her stepmother and stepsisters far better than they deserve. In the end, after years of mistreatment, the absolute graciousness of Ella continues to be seen. Even though the story is familiar, the acting and cinematography keep this film fresh and just as awe-inspiring as if there had never been an earlier version of the movie. This is a movie that not only your children can learn from, but can also be reminded of how to behave when surrounded by bad behavior. At a runtime of only 105 minutes, it is perfect for younger children with short attention spans and the need to wiggle. Also, if you would like to hear the 1950 movie versions of Cinderella songs sung beautifully by the actors, stay for the end, the end of the end credits. The bottom line is that Cinderella was a wonderful retelling of the story we know and love. I hope that my young daughters will live by these incredible life lessons. I particularly loved the theme, A Secret that will see you throughout all the trials that life can offer. Have courage and be kind. Where there is kindness, there is goodness. And where there is goodness, there is magic. This is Rob Proper, and that's The Bottom Line. Thanks, Rob. I love how courage to be kind is the advice that is woven throughout that storyline. And listener, I want to encourage you today to have the incredible courage to forgive others because I believe it takes incredible self-control and discipline to forgive others who have wronged you. Take a moment today and look at the wounds of your soul, band-aids or scars, grace or bitterness, 
It's time to release your hurts to God. Sure, there's going to be a scar. There always is. But it won't be so bad to look at if you begin with forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us the courage and grace to forgive those who hurt us. I pray that you would lift up the wounded and brokenhearted today who feel like the band-aid coming off of their wound is just too much to look at. I ask that you would become their healer, their restorer, and you would bind up their wounds. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Tune in next week at 6.30 p.m. on our station, KSCR 93.5 FM. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.